This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Okay, so uh, lots to talk about. First of all, I'm Phil Schmidt. <laughs> yes, yes you are. Yep, and you're Dale. Still, yep, Dale because, and Bill, yep. Because we, well, we always do, <laughs> I know. at the end of the podcast, you're like, oh, we didn't do introductions, you know, I, and then I know. we say who we are, and then we hang up. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I always just assume that people listening know who we are, but that I shouldn't do that, because I would hope that we have new listeners from time to time, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, right, right. No, that's that's good thinking. Um, so right now, I'm in Donner Pass. Um, I'm in the hills, so if we lose each other... We lose each other, but we'll yeah. just do the best we can with what we got here. That's like named after the the infamous Donner Party, is it not? Correct. Doesn't that seem to be kind of a sketchy thing to name a road? Like I, I would be like, should I be worried? This is where everybody died. <laughs> well, so it's it's a big thing for truck drivers. You know, not not normal vehicles. Who gives a shit? But like right, for right, truck right. drivers. You know, like, oh my God, you're going through Donner Pass. How bad is it? I'm like, oh, it's, it's bad in the winter, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's. I've gone through here so many times in all of the weather conditions, good and bad, and, and the worst. And that is you know? exactly where in the country for those that might not be aware. Good trivia. Where is Donner's Pass? There's no S. Oh, Siri's talking to me. Anyway, yeah, it's. <laughs> Donner Pass, and um, yeah, where in the country is it? I guess we're doing a little trivia. Yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, much much has happened since we spoke last. Um, the Pigeon Dove Extravaganza went phenomenal. Great. Um, Mike Pomeroy and I kind of built a, a a blind so my father could join us. You know, just hunt and sit and shoot from a bucket. You know, like let's get that out here. You know. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've seen that blind or not on my Facebook, but I posted a couple videos of it as we were sitting in it. And if 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 you haven't, man, that thing is just—it's so cool. Like Mike, Mike did a great job. I was sort of, I was sort of the brains behind the operation because Mike didn't really know what to do or what I wanted. And so we spent a lot of time on the phone. And then you know, um, I'd go over to his place or he'd come over to my place and okay, this is what I got, you know, sit in it and see what needs to be done. So we made some corrections and yeah, the, the final, the final, the finished product just couldn't be any better. It's just fucking perfect. It's awesome. 
I'm looking at it right. I think I'm looking at it right now. This is just uh, looks like some PVC. Yes. Piping and some camo netting, some military camo netting. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And a happy yep, child that way, holding a gun. Yeah. So that way, that way, you know, because a lot of the A-frames and the 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 blinds, you know, the panel blinds, whatever, it's just canvas, and you know, because I'm only going to use that blind for for pigeon hunting, and it's usually hot, you know, especially the afternoon hunts. I wanted air to be able to get through there, you know. Right. Yeah. For sure. And. uh yeah, it's perfect because you sit far enough back, and you're in the shade. Nice. You know, so it was just it was just perfect, especially for for dad and and obviously every everybody who hunted out of it. It was it was a lot of fun. Good, good, and, and comfortable. And comfortable. <laughs> we, had, we had fucking coolers with cold drinks and like snacks, and oh my god, it was just perfect. <laughs> that does you know, sound perfect. Taking kids hunting and fishing, a lot of times they're not really that interested in tell you tell them you're bringing gummy bears <laughs> there will be snacks don't worry yeah right 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 it's all depends on what kind of snacks you're bringing <laughs> <laughs> they just, the snacks change as you get older that's all yeah for sure there needs to be for snacks. Sure. there needs to be snacks but uh it, it was a ton of fun like the kids shot well it was very safe you know that that hunt was kind of geared towards the kids you know normally when i go pigeon hunting or hunting anything it's about kill 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 how big can you make the pile how fast can we kill our limit a lot this and that but this was like about the kids so it was more more around like comfort you know and safety and just you know safety is every single hunt i do but comfort this was about like you know have make sure the kids are comfortable make sure dad's comfortable and yeah, we still recovered 284 pigeons in four and a half days. Holy smokes! <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there was there was plenty of action, and that's that was that's why I like introducing kids to the outdoors or hunting, you know, via pigeons because it's like fishing sunnies off the dock. Right. It's so simple, you know. Good weather conditions. Yeah, they're not freezing in a pit, and oh know, yeah, you don't like need that. boots yeah. and hand warmers. Right, 100 percent. Low low gear intensive. Uh, just a, a good time, yeah. So I I assume you had good reports from the the kids, or they they dug it. Yes, yeah. They they were they were like, I finally found some kids who really really appreciate it. Like, there's nowhere else in the world they'd rather be than hunting with Uncle Phil, you know. And like, it's the same for me, you know. Like, I I I I want to mentor the next generation of legends. And I finally found a good fit. Like these kids are, holy shit, they're on it. They are on it. Yes. Well, good job, sir. That's uh, that sounds great. Would have been a ton of fun to be a part of that. Yep. Yep. Uh, right. Um, so there's some controversy in the uh, waterfalling world here. I don't know if you want to call it controversy, but some. uh, I don't know if you've heard. Heard of this? Do you know a gentleman by the name of Josh Newiller? Apparently, um, he's a no. Maryland, Maryland-based waterfall guide and eight-time world champion goose caller. Okay. So I, nope. I thought maybe you might have might have heard. Well, he's been sentenced to ninety days in prison on September eighth for violating his probation and outfitting without a license. Hmm. The prison sentence for Josh, who owned Y East Outfitters, was handed down to U.S. District Court in Salisbury. According to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, federal prosecutors pointed to a pattern of exploitive and unethical practices, in quotes, that Newweiler has, uh, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, but me butchering your name is the sounds like the least yeah, of that's your not worries, that big of a deal right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? That new while yeah. are engaged since at least 2016 when the US FWS law enforcement agents obtained this video of New Weiler and others presumably clients flock shooting more than 80 snow geese from his truck. And then I didn't go into the full story, but I was just going to bring that up in case uh mm, and there was there was a video of that? Yeah, apparently. Uh <laughs> As, as he says with like well there wasn't evidence of <laughs> yeah i mean i know there's people that have done that and i've for sure like talked about it but never actually done it like doing the slow drive-by 
you know, in fact, we always talked about like a like an an Astrovan would be like the perfect perfect vehicle for that, right? Because look at that sliding door on the side, and you could just sit no, there and slow no, roll I, right I disagree. past. <laughs> yeah, I disagree, and this comes from experience, because there's some places where you can legally shoot from the road, you know, in some states. Uh, but, there's places where you can shoot from the road from a vehicle. Really? Legally. Like, where's yes. that? I've never even heard of um, that. Uh, like, Arkansas. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where the laws Sure. have changed yeah. you know so maybe we could edit this part out but i <laughs> no, know we'll at least it. people just need to we have the disclaimer that we are not a uh, a legal binding source so do your own research well and i know i know that i know that i know that like and this is going to be difficult for a lot of people to hear but you can legally shoot from roads in minnesota but you can't be in the vehicle you i think you have to step out I wonder if, yeah, and I think there's it's also like something. It's like gravel roads and, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, it depends, I think it depends on, like, the easement of that of said road or something like that, whether it's a freeway, highway, county road. That's the question mark. Yeah, that is the like big that. question mark, and you're going to have to be responsible for doing your own research and finding, you know, because there is a ton of controversy uh, regarding that, and it, I would say, has mostly mostly to do with, uh, party hunting for coyotes in the winter mm. where guys uh, they're running hounds or they are uh, making coyote drives and they're doing it out in the country way out in the country and you know these guys are you know they're stepping out of the truck they are legal you know and they're shooting at these coyotes that are running across the field and they're doing it legally but the yeah the number of people who know that that's legal is a very, very tiny percent. And so anyone who sees that is going to be like, oh, my God, huge red flag. That's scary. Like, what are they yeah, doing? Right, and, sure. you know, then now the conservation officers are fielding all sorts of calls. And the conservation officer has to either say, okay, I'll get on to it. Thank you. Or they try to educate the caller and tell them, well, actually, it's legal, you know? Right. And it depends on how busy the conservation officer is that day. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of mood he's in. <laughs> yeah. All of those variables, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, uh, Like I said, no, I've seen, you know, I've seen some cars rolling around in the Dakotas in the spring season for sure. Um, they look like they're up to no good. Um, and I think, the, you know, the only real, I mean, you could get into a big ethical debate on it, of course, yeah, but it's not about ethics. It's about the laws. It's about the law. That's what I'm saying. Like you could get into an ethic. You know, is it even if even if legal is it ethical? Uh, and the only thing like my mind goes to really quickly is like um, chances are they're not running out and retrieving those birds either, unless they're gonna quick band check them or something. You know what I mean? Like mm. they haven't. They're more than likely haven't procured permission. Unless I would be careful with what state. you're. I would be careful with what you're saying right now because I don't know of anyone who just kills them and doesn't go grab them. You know. Well, I personally don't know of any, but I've seen I've seen dead geese in the field. I mean, not like a hundred, okay, okay. but and maybe they're cripples, okay. and maybe I'm assuming, but. Um, yes. Yes. Let's let's go that direction. <laughs> uh, but it just I do I do know uh, of jump shooters that they don't leave them per se they do feel up well they they don't leave the um the light geese they take those but they take all the uh overspray as uh, oh i see what you're saying yeah yeah <laughs> if yeah you know like what the, I mean. innocent, the innocent bystanders <laughs> the, the non, hey man it happens you the know? non the non-target uh species yeah, yeah well, there's it, there's different ways to look at that they said save the tundra so that's what we're gonna do you know yeah, but I mean, I have to. I have to kind of like my stand on this is like, I've been in a jump shoot scenario where I didn't pull the trigger because there was just so many too ducks, much, so many ducks mixed in. It's like there is no way I'm getting a clean shot on this. And as much as and it was like one of the best sneaks I'd ever pulled off you know i'm like oh, i'm like right here like i can see these geese blink oh you know, so you like, invested all the time and energy you got 
like, fuck. Yep. The I got angel it. on your shoulder was talking louder than the devil. Yeah, for sure. Well, I just, I, I'm sorry. I just, I couldn't do it in good conscience. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I, not, not, not just the, like, the um, conservation minded part of it, but like, I wouldn't want to waste that resource. Like, I, I know I'm kind of weird. People think I'm weird anyways, where I actually like to eat ducks and geese. So, like, to, to knowingly do that and then not take those for fear of getting a ticket or whatever and just I hear you. I, I there's multiple reasons where I just couldn't do it. I just wouldn't I just I just wouldn't do it. And uh See Dale, I've been in that situation too and what my angel is telling me is like, okay, so you get your stogies and okay, you get this awesome beautiful Drake bull sprig. And what if he's banded? <laughs> you just stole that trophy bird from some 10-year-old kid. What, well, what if that was going to be this kid's first bird, you know? That, that's like, okay, I, I've, killed enough of, I've killed enough of these snow geese. Like, I don't need to risk it. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to sit here and, you know, maybe, maybe then it turns into a trophy hunt where, like, I'm looking for jewelry. Like, okay, I'll, I'll snipe a banded snow goose. Like, I'll fire one, one oh, turkey sure. shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just going to sit here and enjoy it. And, and guess what? There's... There's more snow geese coming in. Like I just gonna sit here and enjoy the show, man. Oh, it was it was quite the show because there was birds coming and going and ducks and geese and it was it was bonkers. I mean, I was. God, there's no better just, place for a waterfowler to be like in that position. Like it's so awesome. The sounds. Oh my God, the sounds. All the ducks quacking and and uh, pintails whistling and just like all of it. It was. It was bonkers. Like, it was crazy. You got For specks sure. mixed in there and little geese. And, it was like, oh, my God. It was it was wild. Like, I could have just sat there. In fact, I did just oh, sit there and kind of soak it in for a while. But it was – after a while, when I realized I wasn't going to be able to shoot anything, like, I just I just stood up. Like, I – you know, like, well, the gig is up. I'm not going to be able to – so let's see what happens. <laughs> These birds were like, oh, there's a person there. They didn't even fly okay. away. I was like, are oh, you got to be shitting me. Like, what? Like, what? It's almost like they knew they were safe there, you know? It's yeah, like, yeah, right. Assholes. <laughs> and I kept kind of, then once I kind of had that cushion, I mean, they were starting to get nervous. You know, they got nervous, but they didn't just, like, erupt into, you know, into flight or whatever. And I took the time to kind of scope the areas. Like, is there a cleaner area where I can just get, there just wasn't like it was completely get a clean shot or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah, dude, this place was just a refuge for all waterfowl. I mean, it was, it was crazy. It wasn't a refuge for those listening. It was, um, sure. Perfectly legal and public access and all that. But it was, it was like a dirt road that went down and split two little wetlands and there was birds on both sides of it and nice tall grass. So I was able to pretty much, you know, belly crawl my way into position just didn't happen just couldn't do it so back to the fella in maine he was guiding and there was a video that unfortunately somebody posted on social probably one of the guides or maybe it was one of the clients either way somebody must have posted that video of them just uh jump shooting we'll call it yeah it says they they obtained the video so i don't know it doesn't really say if it was you know oh maybe they didn't post it. they they the law enforcement may have videoed them okay you know, oh i see what you're saying okay. they obtained this video it doesn't this little article i saw on instagram and i didn't read the full story um okay. too many steps you know it's instagram so you can't have a link right there you have to go to like Link in my profile. So you go to the profile. It's like, oh, it's, it's already, you, you missed me. It's one too many steps. <laughs> sure, sure, <laughs> had the, sure. Had, had it been like a Facebook story and the link was right there and I could have just clicked it, I probably would have actually gone to the, the full story. Um, but, you know, and again, allegedly they were clients. Or in this article it says presumably they were clients. So, and again, I don't know what the Maryland uh, laws are as far as shooting from a road or from a vehicle. Yeah, so uh, this guy's his name is Josh, correct? Josh, yes. Josh, Josh I'm on your side, Mueller. buddy. I hope, I hope you don't. I hope you don't go to prison. I well, hope you don't go to jail. He, I hope all of your time is stayed, and I hope you have to pay like a small fine or something. You know, a little slap on the wrist. I'm on your side, bud. Wow, that's a bold statement. Yep, bold statement. Uh, it's uh, it's already says he was sentenced to prison, so. Um, I don't think, uh, I think that's, I think that's happening. 
<laughs> regardless. <laughs> sure. Well, maybe they'll stay it. He was sentenced. I guess again, that's, I didn't that's read what I'm hoping for, you know, because what the media says and what reality is are oftentimes two different things. So also the media true. will tell what, you know, the media will tell the mob what they want to hear. But in reality, hopefully his time has stayed and he's only got to serve five or ten days or two weekends or something. You know, like, you, you got to learn from it, you know. And you're not going to learn anything if there's no repercussions. You know, yeah. you got to learn something. And I don't know that it's a imprisonment offense, in my opinion, but I, I definitely – I agree with that. not a I big fan that. of what he did. I don't think it, you know, definitely doesn't um, put hunting in a good light. And he's on the East Coast, which, like – outside of like LA I don't know if there's a place in the country that's more under I was fire. just going to compare I was just going to compare the east coast to California cuz California is extremely yeah like way over the top yeah and they're using any excuse they can to tighten you know to crack down on hunting and try to get this stuff banned yes. and correct and else, make so. make make an example out of you poor jeff foils i i feel yeah. really really bad for that guy you know it's 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 similar to that you know i mean there's been you know over the years there's been a handful of uh there's been a handful of those instances you know like, i don't know if you're familiar with, like chris brackett he got in trouble for allegedly shooting um using somebody else's tag or something like that on a deer or shooting one deer and then a bigger one came out, you know, for. Yep. And then there's big Sean Hammock got in some trouble too, a couple of years ago. Yep. Yep. And I, like, I get the, I definitely get the temptation. Um, because you know, you're filming this, you know, this is, this is maybe this is your livelihood. You know, you're, you're making content and selling videos or, it could just be your ego boost on social media too. Like I understand the temptation to do these things, right? Um, but I, I find it also find it fascinating. Like it is like the it's like the psychology behind it. Like how much you risk. It's like they've obviously done it before. Like chances are these aren't one offs. You know they've they've built up some. <sighs> yeah, you build a case before you present it. Well, it's not even that. I think for the person, like, they got away with it once. Like, they build oh. up confidence that they can do oh, this and okay, get okay. away with it kind of a thing. You know what I mean? And then uh, they just get cocky, and it just seems like they get caught every time. But yeah, yeah. With that said, I bet there's people out there that aren't getting caught, you know? Yeah. I mean, Jeff Jeff Foyles, um, he, he absolutely – I mean, he, he did the worst stuff possible, and he – the wrong people got really mad at him. You know, I mean, when you go to Canada and you take your plug out and you're draining your, your gun on every, you know, shooting four or five rounds and you're not editing that out of your video that you're going to be selling to the public. It's kind of on you a little I bit. I mean, how far can you take that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, what, did, right. what do you think here? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, holy smokes. You know, and ever since then... Um, you know, they wanted to make an example out of him, and they did. No, they, and they did. <laughs> yeah, they, they did. That's that's maybe the, uh, I'm trying to think of a term, understatement of the century. They made right. an example out yeah. of him, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, us as waterfowl hunters, we need to be very aware of, you know, what we're doing. And, you know, there, there's a fine line there. There's an unwritten rule about what is acceptable and what isn't and it's it's not all in the law books you know there's a lot of common sense involved you know if you accidentally break the law it's one thing but it's quite another to blatantly have disregard for the law and post it on social media yeah for sure the post i mean it's just the blatant disregard for the law, and then it just gets worse when you post it on social media. Yeah, you just like, do You're not an want like what to, are you doing? Like, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, if 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 enough of your peers, let's say let's say I were to go out duck hunting today, let's say me and you knew go duck hunting today, and we do something really stupid, and we're just excited and and dumb, and we post it online. Well, the people, the other duck and goose hunters who see that. They're going to be like, oh, my God, that's illegal as fuck. And guess what? I'm stuck in my cubicle. They're hunting. I'm jealous. And now I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah. Well, for sure. All of a sudden, now, now our local conservation officer is fielding a ton of phone calls. And he watches the video. And he's like, this is not that big of a deal. But what I'm mad about 
is all of these people who are angry and they're telling me I'm not doing my job. Well, guess what? Now I have to invest my time into this. I have to take my time from something more important than this one stupid thing that Dale and Phil did. I have to go <laughs> talk to them and I'm not, it's not going to be a freebie. Like I'm going to fucking cite the hell out of them for doing this because it's pissing me off. Right. And it's not, not because they accidentally shot a hen mallard. It's because of all of the fucking jealousy and anger that I'm getting from the duck hunting community because of this one stupid little thing. Guess what? Keep that fucking shit off social media. Yeah, don't don't get me started. Don't don't bring it. Don't trigger me with the whole hen thing. That's <laughs> that's a whole other side. Comment. So you just just don't be stupid. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> or just don't. It's break okay the, to make I mean, mistakes. Mistakes, but don't willfully break the law. I mean that that's kind of my standard. You know, especially when it comes for me. You know, you said the thing earlier, like, oh, we're protecting the tundra, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek. But especially in the spring season, like, it's the regulations have already been relaxed quite a bit. You know, unplug shotguns, electronic e-collars, no limit. Oh, like, yeah. what more do you want? Like, if, if, yeah. if that's too many rules for you, like, then you're just a poacher by nature. Then, sure. You know what I mean? Like, and, and in that case, I don't really have a lot of sympathy for somebody if they get like it, it's it's about as easy as they can make it for you to kill a shit ton of geese in the spring like and i don't know why you feel the need you got to push that but correct um i don't know when it comes down to like personally i still you know i've done the jump shooting thing i haven't really been that successful and so maybe my opinion would be a little bit different if i was better at it but i just the times I've had good shoots over decoys just vastly outweigh any memory of jump shooting I've ever had. Like, Oh, I could, I could not agree anymore with you. Uh, in the beginning days, uh, yeah, I didn't have decoys. So I got really good at jump shooting, sneaking, putting in the time, getting where I needed to be. And then shooting into the wall is what I call it. And yeah. it's, I mean, holy smokes. But the thing is, once you've experienced that, a certain amount of times you realize like, okay, I put two hours into this sneak for seven seconds. Well, it's seven seconds of unloading your gun. And then you have another hour of dispatching cripples running around in the deep mud. You know, these fucking birds are running way faster than you are and yeah. you have to catch them and kill them. And it's like all the work. And now you got to clean them all. And it's like, I, I, I had killed so many with successful jump shoots that I got into the decoy game and there's nothing better. There's just nothing better than watching those fucking things break down and come into the decoy. So now it's like, I don't even care about jump shooting anymore. Like I drive past perfect jump shooting opportunities, you know, and it's like, I don't care. Like I'd rather kill seven in the decoys than a hundred in a jump shoot. Yeah. No contest. Yeah. Like absolutely sure. not. And I'll sit out there all day to kill those seven. I don't care. Absolutely, I a hundred percent agree. Uh, like it's just for me, but I'm glad that jump shooting is legal. Like I'm not definitely not oh, advocating sure. banning yeah, it. Yeah, because not like everybody that. has the decoys. Yeah, you know? for sure. You know, um, and you know the argument can be made. Who's you know if you're looking at it as a conservation standpoint, who's doing more work, or, or who's who's not more work, but who's uh, having a greater impact on it? Somebody who's crazy successful at jump shooting or the guy that is only shooting seven to ten geese a day in a field you know when the whole point of the spring season is to kill as many as possible you know it, it's i think it's a it's a needed tool for sure but mm -hmm. i i agree it's like the you do it a couple times it's fun but you quickly are like yeah that's i'm i'm over this like like you said now you're chasing cripples and it's it ain't just a quick one and done. Like, and I'm like chasing cripples is just not that fun. Like, there's no, you know what I mean. Like, everything you like about hunting just doesn't exist in chasing cripples. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> just, just no interaction there. And know? I, I hope everybody has a, a few successful jump shoots in their life. You know, it is fun, but it just gets to the point where you cross the finish line and you're gonna move on to something else. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I just. I don't know that anticipation. Like when you're in a blind and you're calling these geese, geese, whether it's you know an e collar or it's fall, yeah, so geese or or hawkers, either one, right? Yeah, even ducks. You know, whatever you're interacting with these birds, and then you get them to change their mind, right? You're getting you have successfully 
lured them, you know, mm-hmm. made them do something they didn't want to do. And now you get to see their body react, their body posture and all their, how they change and how they cup their wings and come in that whole, that whole visualization as they're coming in. And then that anticipation just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds until you, someone gets to call the shot and you finally get to release, you know, (laughs) (laughs) get crazy graphic, but it's like the hunting version version of edging, right? It's like decoying birds. Cause you're just like, (laughs) you just about can't stand it. And then you finally get to uh, take them down. It's so much fun. Like you just, you, that's a drug you can't bottle, man. Like it's, it's, that's what keeps me coming back for sure. Right on, right on. And it makes all the work of trudging decoys out and picking decoys up to me, that to me, that work is worth it for that payoff and the being hip deep in mud and doing whatever and chasing cripples through cattails that that payoff, it isn't there. Like there's, I don't have you, have you gotten a chance to participate in the early honkers or teal or anything fun waterfall yet? Uh, I went hunting one time up up here. That first real big uh, migration day that we had was it oh, last week? Boy. I, think? I am glad. It, yeah, it was on a Wednesday. Wednesday I was stuck yep. in Stillwater, Minnesota. Yep, it was Wednesday. Uh, pretty much knew it was going to be. I told the boss here, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be coming in later. I have to be uh, outside for this event. <laughs> And also, I was just very interested to see what this is my first time experiencing. Neil, I have it to take this call. Here. I'll call you right back. Yes, sir. I'll call you right back. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. We left off with Did you get out early honkers? You said yes. you called the boss and said that you did. Yes. So, I did. how was it? Saw 22 or 23 flocks. Flocks. Good. Yep. Good. I'm glad you didn't say birds. Yep. <laughs> 22 flocks. or 23 flocks. Nice, nice. And uh, didn't bring any down. So okay. <laughs> people have heard this. This uh, may, Maybe people have heard this story already. I, I kind of talked about it with Nick last week. But um, I'd gone out there setting up on water up here on the lake. So I was interested just to see what it's what the molt migration looks like up here in northern Minnesota. I've never really experienced it. So sure. um, there's no real ag fields around here to set up in. I mean, I guess there were some hay fields I, I could have done it. But I wanted to see what the lake was like. Well, where I wanted to set up, the water is too deep for my weights. So <laughs> in the dark, I'm makeshifting, putting some uh, heavy-duty fishing line uh, extender you know, extend my weights out a little bit. I got to like seven of them. Like I am not doing this to every single one of my decoys. Seven decoys are going to have to be it. <laughs> so I throw them out and, uh, Oh no. Were you by yourself? I'm by myself. So oh. what I can tell you in, in the realm of, um, molt migration hunting is that one collar and seven decoys is not very effective, at least not on water. Because <laughs> I didn't bring down any of those birds. They okay. there was a couple times I thought maybe I had some of their attentions, and they quickly just kept going. Um, now I don't know if maybe some dropped off somewhere on the lake I didn't see, but I did have. I should have had three dead birds. I only ended up killing one, um, but there was a couple that came in. You know, kind of surprised me coming in from an opposite direction, not out of the stratosphere. And uh, the first one was a, just a clean miss, just a, a single that came in. And then the, a pair came in, and I killed the one and then somehow let the other one get away. I hit it. He just didn't die. And then, All right, uh, right. Followed up shots and didn't didn't help. So I only had one bird in hand, but those are really my only opportunities. Uh, another interesting side note to that is that when I went to get my boat and pick everything up, I could see there is a little three-pack of geese tucked back in this other bay around to the northwest of me that I think were there the entire time. Just must be the locals, right? <laughs> Probably like, what the hell's going on? Right. It's totally not interested in what I was doing, even when I was calling or anything. They're just like well, chilling. Well, they also there. could have been migrators who landed overnight and were just too tired to fly. Maybe because there were some. There were some. that Like I saw movement right away in the morning, and there were, I could hear activity. And shortly after uh, sunrise, 
uh, two really big flocks got up off the water and left. Okay, um, gotcha. And so those were definitely not locals because I've been fishing up here all summer long, so I kind of know how many birds this lake is holding, and it was definitely not right. the probably close 75, 80, maybe even 100 total between the two flocks that left. Like, yeah, these were not here yesterday, you know. So they came in right, and, right. and then they left. But it was still really fun to watch. Um and then to start see what was cool is like watching social media kind of start crack off. Like, did you see any littles or or light geese or anything interesting, or was it all just normal size honkers? Just normal honkers. I didn't see. Okay. Uh, I was kind of half expecting maybe to see a flock, a random flock of snows or something, but sure, but I didn't. Um, but like I said, it was fun. Well, like I saw movement right away in the morning, but it wasn't. It was a good hour or so before I started seeing people's snapchats kind of fire off like hey we're right on some migrators are starting to roll through for all the people that are that were hunting you know closer to the cities and stuff like that so that that was kind of interesting to see that kind of wave sweep across the state in real time via social media that was that was interesting but it definitely sounds like a lot of people saw a lot of birds Yes, yes, yes. Uh, last year, I was coaching one of my young friends, Isaac Seeker, on, on you know, hunting migrators in September. This year, I was uh, coaching another young young fella, Hunter Vasek. I was kind of going through the process with him, and, and I was telling him a few days ahead of time because I predicted the migration. You know, I was looking at the weather. And he's like, yep, Bill, I'm, only, I'm already on it. Like, there's going to be five of us hunting on Wednesday morning. Like, we got work off and school and everything, and they fucking killed their 25, my friend. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, they killed their 25. Like he said, I'm, I'm pretty sure he said that's the first time he's ever gone on like an actual migrator hunt. You know, like this is his first time re- like really going after it and tar- targeting molt migrators. And yeah, they've emerged victorious. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, none of my buddies were able to, they took off work and actually did the Wednesday deal. But um, the next weekend there like there was some migrating pretty much for like the next four or five days like um last yes. I, I had tournaments this past weekend so i wasn't able to hunt but and i was in the grand rapids area bright sunshine no clouds and but there was still some molts that pushed down but it really only lasted like 45 minutes to an hour like i didn't see anything oh, for the sure, first sure. couple hours and all of a sudden i started hearing i look up and then it was just flock after flock after flock i'd, I'd don't remember how many i saw because i wasn't i was fishing i wasn't paying attention to birds yeah right right um it was probably if i had to guess when that eight to ten range in a short period of time you know so and that and they and my buddies were hunting that day and they did they confirmed about the same thing like yeah we really only saw movement for 45 minutes or whatever i think they said they shot five um they saw a lot more they just they felt they were on a bad line like the birds were just they were to the and east. that happens too they were just like to the, the guys 10 miles to the east of you or yep. the 10 yep. miles to the west of you like they'd be like no it was awesome and then you saw two flocks right you know that that definitely happens yeah and i, I don't know what you do about that like i feel like the i know the field that they were hunting There's and i feel like it's in a, i feel like it's in a good spot we hunted it a year ago and it was good like you know the times that we molt we saw we had quite a few flocks that went straight over top of us and it's like just north sure. of this big lake so it's kind of got a big x on Draw. it i feel yep. anyways yep. um it's not far off the freeway for whatever you might think about freeways being if, if birds use freeways, freeways as and rivers navigations or not but it's you're really only a few miles as the goose flies from the freeway so yep yep um i feel like it's in a good spot just didn't pan out for them that day but they killed five birds like i don't feel like that's you killed five birds out of a field that yeah, that's fine. will never you know, have that, a goose in it <laughs> uh, outside of you making them come there. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, this is just mm-hmm. a hay field. It's a cattle farm, hay field, no ponds. Like, there's never geese in there, like, ever. Yep. <laughs> so the fact you killed five, I feel like that's a victory. But Yeah, yeah, and, and the chances are greater that one of those five would have been banded, too. You know, I mean, I – I know you would have told me by now if one of them was banded, but still, you killed five migrators, and that's a good that's a good uh, opportunity to, to kill a band, you know. We did kill a band out of that field last year, though. Was it last year? Or two yeah, years and, ago? and I don't that's, I'm it was assuming. Last year. I'm assuming that's just a migrator spot that yep, you hunt. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, there it is right there. And, yeah, and it could be traffic because the lake is right there and there are some ag fields around. You know, if you get a little – one of those days where the birds are kind of trading back and forth, you know, I'm sure you could coax a bird to come by with the calling and the decoys and that. But, yeah, it's, sure. it's – we set up there. We got permission for that spot primarily as a migrator field because it just has such great visibility. Yeah, and, right, right. And permission was super easy because the because the, the he had never been asked by a goose hunter for any to hunt this property before. You know, he thought it was weird. He's like, "Well, there aren't any geese in there." And, you know, then you got to kind of explain to him like, "Yeah, well, that's not what we're doing." You know, like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We're trying to get them to come here. They don't need to be there, you know, that whole and then their eyes glaze over when you get into the details because they don't hunt and they don't care. But what's interesting is that um, when you tell them that you had success, they love that. Like something like they, they're always it, like, it oh, that's great. It adds value to their property. Right. Like, yeah. They're like, oh, you that's know, like, great. Yes. Yes. You know, the farmer already loves his land. He pays taxes. He makes his livelihood and is living on that land. And he doesn't see any ducks or geese around. Well, then some hunters go out there and have a successful goose hunt that just like, wow, I have good goose hunting property too. Like, right, wow, yeah. I love this land, you know? Uh-huh. So that's that's pretty cool. But I don't, I don't know what we're doing this weekend. i kind of been reaching out to my boys like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be in the cities this weekend. Um, a little family get together at my sister's for dinner Friday night. So I'm like, well, I'm already down there. Might as well bring the hunting stuff. So. Hopefully, for sure. Hopefully, somebody has a plan. I don't really like depending on other people because obviously I'm up here and not down there. I can't do any scouting on my own. But to me, yeah, looking right. at the weather, I wouldn't be opposed to just setting up in a migrator field anywhere. Uh, yep, anywhere. It, it looks like Saturday is going to be another potential migration day. So, and I have I have already seen littles. When I say littles, guys, I'm talking about lessers and cacklers. Um, I've seen I've seen littles in Minnesota. Actually, it was on that first migration day on Wednesday when I was stuck in Stillwater, celebrating my girlfriend's birthday with her. Um, yeah, I was watching the migrators roll over. I'm like, fuck, there's some littles right there. Holy shit! Hmm, that's you awesome. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've ever shot small one in Minnesota. Oh yeah, we have for sure. I remember we were we were set up in this field. It wasn't a migration day. It was the feed field or whatever. And okay. uh, this flock had come in, and we couldn't get on the field that we wanted to get onto. Somebody else had it, but we got another field kind of close there. But the problem was it was like a disked up, like raked field. Like it was mostly dirt. There was hardly any hide. Okay. Like we dug in, and we kind of grass, half grass, half dirt. We actually made a pretty good hide out of almost nothing. And okay. I don't remember how many birds we shot, but we did kill some birds, and they decoyed good. in close. So we like that was one of those proud moments like, well – we may not have limited out, but we did the hide right. And we had a flock come in, and it kind of did one of those things where it kind of split. Like half of them landed in the decoys, and then the other ones were making another final swing. And the only reason we didn't call the shot on that first group was because there was one little one in there. And they're like, don't shoot, don't shoot. There's a little one in there. Let him come around. <laughs> and so, oh, sure. I see. There was a little one still airborne. You wanted him dead. Yes. Yeah, There we saw okay, one yes. little one mixed in with the, with the big geese. So – we easily could have shot quite a few out of that first uh, bunch, but it was like, no, let's let this other, let's let this back flock circle back around. That little goose is in there. So they did. They came back Gotta around, get came right up into the gut. We called the shot. Fucked them, them up. Yeah, we fucked them up. And then, Fuck you know, yeah. some guys are shooting the birds that are on the ground, you know, turkey shooting them. Or at least they tried to because my, my one buddy sits up. We call a shot. He sits up and just straight center punches one of my sentry decoys. <laughs> He's like, oh, oh that was God. a decoy. It's like, you idiot. And I was like, uh, it's not so much that you shot my decoy. It's whatever. Like, it wasn't ruined. Like, I still have it. And it's a got, stronger team. It's got BBs in it. But there was no BBs in the head. That was my, like, my biggest, my, <laughs> my biggest criticism of what had happened. It's like, you didn't even shoot it in the head. You still center. Uh, it wasn't flying, and you still center punched it right mm-hmm, in its boobs. Mm-hmm. Like, what uh, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> so we yes. gave him, we gave him shit about that for the rest of the day. But lead shot is not the worst on your teeth because it's soft, but steel shot is a different <laughs> fucking story. Shoot him in the head, goddammit. What's well, things sitting still? Like, how do you not? Yep. Uh, but I mean, you know, heat of the heat of the moment, heat of battle, 
Everyone's excited. I get it. But yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> you'll never have a better headshot opportunity, and you just totally uh, breast shot that, that and bird. And he thought your decoy was a live bird. Yeah. He thought so, your decoy you know, had a heartbeat. Right. right. <laughs> Which is one less actual bird we could have had in hand because he wasted his first shot on, That's on, another a, point. on a fake one. So, But it's fine. Yeah. I mean, it was it was funny. You know, I was I definitely wasn't mad. Like I said, didn't ruin it. Right, these are field decoys. Yeah. They don't need to hold water, right? So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not going to sink and field. I always told the clients that, you know, because a lot of times we had birds come in and I'd call the shot when the first few are touching down, and they're like, oh, I didn't want to shoot your decoys. And I'm like, don't worry about it. They're not going to sink. Shoot them up. It actually adds character. Give her right, hell. Right, yeah. Let her buck. I mean, well, it was far enough out. Uh, that was kind of the other thing. Like, he took a far shot. Like, it, I think it was one of the centuries. Like, when we set up decoys, I kind of always like to pace off, like, a 50-yard pace, and I put one century kind of out there. To, oh, okay, I just okay. get a visual reference of, you know, where birds yep. are. And uh, it was one of those far ones that he shot. So it was like, it had it been closer, and he did a head shot, he might have taken the head clean off the decoy, in which case then, it, then he would have ruined the decoy. But he, he wasn't his, like, he full patterned that decoy, but it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't close enough to have like punched a hole in it or shoot the head. Sure. So it was still it was still like I can't right. believe you just shot my decoy and center punched it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I said, we had fun with it. I wasn't mad. Like it, it, it was right. more. It, was, it gave me more reason to make fun of him than anything else because obviously, the, no blood, no foul, nothing was damaged. But right other on. than his ego. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. Like I said, that was good. And yeah, so I have. Uh, I have shot a little goose. There's probably been more, but that's that's the one story that comes to mind. Uh, we have well, shot a couple first... snow geese on duck opener before in Central Minnesota. Duck, duck opener. Duck yeah. opener. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I I shouldn't be surprised because I know of guys who kill snow geese during the early goose season in September. Well, I shouldn't be surprised. Well, we were surprised because uh, they came in quiet. So it'd be one thing for you to hurt them. You know, be like, what snow geese? But we we're over this. Uh, pond in the middle of a standing cornfield and uh it was legal but not light you know what i mean like it was okay. legal um but the sun hadn't They're come up yet shadows. so you're pretty much yeah and they came in kind of from our right to left and they came in quiet so we're like oh they're sure you're here they're coming in you know they're cupped out coming in we shoot we only got two of them and then we, we didn't even know their snows till we picked them up as soon as we got our hands we're like what the hell one was a they're both juvies, juvie blue and a juvie snow. It's like, what the? Oh, cool. Yeah, we're just like, honestly, it's you know the other like, one was a snow, too. You're just like, crap. Sure, sure. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Yeah. The, uh, the one of, hmm, it was one of the first little geese I ever killed in Minnesota. I had it mounted. And um, that actually was a good mount. You know, not mm-hmm. done. It was done by, I don't even remember but this guy he actually did a that's one of the mounts that i still have actually to this day and it's a good mount too i call it my i call it my coffee table goose nice yeah i was just looking at some uh spec mounts because i got a thing i asked you earlier i said hey who's that guy that you brought your thing to and i had to figure out somehow how i'm going to get that to him but i do need to drop off that spec that i've had now in my freezer for three years hopefully he can have salvage you, it have, have you had a chance to reach out to – oh, shit, I – why, why, why was, it, tech? was it the guy in St. Cloud that you texted me? Jerry, Jerry, yeah. yeah have no, you had I, a chance to reach out? Okay, okay. Yeah, I haven't. Okay. But – Yeah, um, but I decided a long time ago that I was done getting birds mounted because I have so many of them mounted. I'm like, okay. Sure. That's enough. Like, you've reached yeah. – you know, like it's, yeah, it's you, just a pain in the butt to keep them clean. And, you know, every time you move, you know, if you're moving, it's, you got to take extra special care of them. Right. And that's where I'm you at. Know, like, I like, don't even know if this thing can be salvaged. It's probably super freezer burned and everything else. So, because obviously the right. intent was to drop it off somewhere right away, which I never did. So I didn't really wrap it up the right way, you know, to really. Sure. It, it's basically in a grocery sack so or a plastic bag. Oh. So it's not. I think it's in a garbage, plastic garbage bag, but it's still, you know, like I said, it's probably super freezer burned, and maybe there's somebody could salvage it. Maybe they can. I don't know. But right on. It's a nice spec, or maybe I just had to kill another one. We are planning on going to North Dakota again this year, so we'll see. They're not super common in the Dakotas, but 
that year they were. Everybody was smashing specs that year. We just hit it right. Um, there was an early mid-October uh, big snowstorm blizzard that hit Canada. And I think that that fucked up the migration that year. And so reports started coming in of people smashing specs in the Dakotas. And we were already planning it going, so it just we got lucky. It kind of worked out. And then, yeah, there were definitely still specs around. Because usually once they leave, like, the Canadian prairie, they don't stop till they get to Arkansas, you know. Mm-hmm. They kind of bypass. They kind of bypass us. But not that year. It was super fun. It's like the first first and only specs I've ever killed. So that was that's pretty fun. I do remember scouting for early um, early goose. No, it was duck season. It was right before duck season. Um, we were scouting this pond, and there was a bunch of geese using it, so we are excited about that, and there's wood ducks and stuff around. And then while we were paddling around just kind of scoping it out, I could hear a speck flying around, so we got we were super super uh, excited. But <laughs> they weren't. They were not there. We we hunted it the next day and never heard them again. So okay, okay, it's passing through, I guess. But we got pretty excited when we heard that high double double note squeak. We're like, what? That's a speck. That was pretty fun. But can you tell me about Ufta? How can we have as much fun with this as possible? I don't know if I want to break it down to, like, tell me about your most memorable diver hunt in Minnesota or your most memorable puddle duck hunt in Minnesota, Mm. or should I just ask you what is your most memorable duck hunt in Minnesota or what is your most memorable honker hunt? Man, that's that's something I'd have to, like, really Actually, think out on. of all those questions out of all those questions just pick one because i know it's going to be difficult to pick one so just pick one of those and run with it the diver one that comes to mind there's two that kind of share in the same brain space but they're different and one was where we were able to shoot uh some canvas backs we got some nice straight cans which was nice first ever uh so that was cool um, and then right in that same, like, I don't know how I would rank them, but, and this is just kind of, this is a spot. I think I may have told you, but it's kind of a late, it's a late season spot. Like right when everything else freezes up, this lake stays open a little bit later and oh, like all the birds go there water. and we got it. And it's always just great Buffy shoot there. We, we get a ton of good Buffies and then a handful of other ducks. Like we've shot scoters out of there and mallards are always there, but it's just the Buffies are the ones that come in and just give us the greatest show, you know. Those scoters that came in were really I love fun. those little fuckers. Yeah, they're, they're, they are such they're, – it's good wing shooting challenge. They're so little. They dip and dive, like they're very erratic as they're coming in. Uh, man, and they're just beautiful, you know. Scoters? The Buffies. Scoters are kind no, of No, you said scoters. Well, that was because that was another – same lake, different hunt. There was – a time there uh, it was just me and my buddy Austin. Oh, uh, don't even tell me you killed fucking sea ducks in Minnesota, you son of a bitch. Yeah, hell yeah, I shot. We shot scoters. It was great. Oh, whole flock we came were in friends. And we were until you we, said that. <laughs> I am so jealous. <laughs> we were so close to like just wiping this flock because they were coming oh. right down the line, and we're you know waiting to call the shot, and then all of a sudden they just. Wings out, hit the brakes halfway down the diver line. We're like, oh, shit, shoot them. And, and it was a poke. They were a good 45 yards out there probably yet. But right on. We each shot one, I believe. Pretty sure we oh. shot. Yeah, I think we got I think we got two of them. Um, but, yeah, that was, it was like, God, if they would have just came another, like, 20 yards, it was going to get ugly. But Would have been a different result, right? Yeah. I mean, we were still happy that we got any at all. And. Yeah, that was the first opportunity I've ever had to shoot a scoter. So it was, I was pretty pretty stoked about I that. I have called in and killed I don't know how many species of ducks in Minnesota, probably 15. Because I know back in the Goosebusters days, I used to keep logs and records of everything, and I know that we averaged killing 13 species of ducks every year. And I'm thinking I probably personally killed maybe 15 species of ducks in Minnesota. Okay. But I've never killed a sea duck. Well. And I hate, I hate you. I hate you and everyone else. <laughs> they're not that – honestly, scoters in Minnesota aren't – I don't care rare. how ugly they are. No, no, no. It's not that. It's not insanely – it's not insane to, to see one. 
Um, they actually breed in the extreme northern part of the state. So. Yep. Yep. Um, that 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 fresh wound I have, you're just putting a little bit of salt in it. Not a big deal. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird that we shot them yeah, where they, we shot they them. They breed here, and because it was basically like center punch Minnesota, which. God, I they want one so bad. generally take the Great Lakes route when they migrate. So it was a little, it was still a little strange and cool to shoot them where we shot them. But yeah. right on. I don't always hear some. I mean, not trying to rub it in, but like I hear people no, shoot know, them every year. You know. Yes, for sure. It's, it's not. It's not like. It's definitely not common, but it's not crazy rare either. Not like the one um, time there was a few years back where somebody they got into a flock of brants. Now that. That's fucking rare. <laughs> yes, agree, agree. I have a I have a close friend who killed a brant in Minnesota. That's that's crazy. Like, and it's just like, I I I I don't want to believe, but I do. Like, are you sure it was a brant? Right. And right. this is this is not a person who is going to misidentify. Right. You know, I'm like, just believe, Phil. Plus, I want to. You know, so it's like, yeah. okay, go ahead, just believe him. You know, yeah. it's, it's true. It it is a legitimately. He killed it on uh, Little Waverly. Little Waverly Lake way back in the day. Um, God, I, and, and yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm jealous. You know, I try not to be, <laughs> yeah. I try to be a happy person. And, and truthfully, I am, I am one of the happiest people I know. Uh, but jealousy I feel happens like, too. And I feel like envy is a better to control word. Me. <laughs> I feel like yeah, envy, envy. Cause thank like, you. Because I feel like Thanks jealousy you. has more negative connotations. Like I'm actually yes, mad at yes. you. Like I'm not. I'm like, but I'm so envious that you had like, I'm happy for you, but I'm also like, God, I want to experience that. Whereas I feel like jealousy yes. is like, I don't know, and maybe that's just my perception of those two words. But I feel like jealousy carries sure. more negative connotations with it. You're 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 on it big time. Like you're you're making all kinds of sense right now. <laughs> yeah, so it was yeah, it was a lot of fun. I would love to go to to like Jersey and do a, a legit uh, Brant hunt though. That would be so cool. I damn near did end up going to. Lake Michigan with my buddy Corey Hine. He lives in Watertown, South Dakota. Him and I, Dan Muir, went out um, on Lake Michigan on a sea duck hunt with John Olson of Snow Addictions. Okay. We damn near did it, and just it it didn't it just didn't happen. That, yeah. That, yeah. The 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 sea duck hunt actually turned into me getting distracted and learning about Mexico, and I switched gears and I ended up going to Mexico uh-huh. instead. And this year I will be going to Mexico for the third time. Like nice. that Mexico thing is just, it's too much I can't fun, even huh? describe it. It's, it's bird hunting in heaven is what it is. Yeah. All of the things that you dream about, like if you die today, go to heaven and you can go duck hunting and dove hunting there. That's what it is. Except for you don't have to be dead to experience it. You just got to go to Mexico. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> someday I'd like to get on there someday. They're not gonna happen this year, that's for sure. But that would—it does sound like a sound like a ton of fun. But oh. that was the other thing when I learned that you could get into um, long-tailed ducks in the Great Lakes, like Lake Michigan. I was like, "What? They yes, absolutely." Ducks there? Like, yeah, they stay there like all winter. It's like, what? That's crazy. So yeah, that would be. Those are a cool little duck, man. Like I've never held yeah, one, when, but in pictures, they're pretty badass. When I was gonna do the sea duck hunt, that was just gonna be kind of more like a trophy hunt. And I'm not really a trophy hunt guy, you know. I'm more of a volume guy. So that's why that's why I ended up going to Mexico because that's a volume hunt. Oh, that's sure. a volume shoot. Well, so you for know? me, like I'm not really much of a trophy guy either. But there's exceptions to every rule. Like extreme yes. cases oh, yes, like sure. that. It's like, well, I have an opportunity, like a legit opportunity to get my hands on a, a stud long tail. Yeah, I'm in. Or, and those things are really pretty. Oh, they're absolutely gorgeous. God, they're pretty. Or you get it, you know, if you're like one of the few people that get an emperor goose tag, that's a trophy hunt. Oh, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Time. It's like I don't need piles. Yeah, I need one bird. And, like, huge check mark off the bucket list. You know what I mean? Right. Or even all the other different kinds of eiders they have up there, you know, spectacle eiders and king eiders and, like, uh, uh, dude. There is one bird that if I kill one, I would probably have it mounted. And this is going to blow your mind. Maybe, maybe not. But it's actually a band-tailed pigeon. I would, if I have the opportunity to harvest one of those, I would like to get it mounted in a glass case. Because it's so small, you know? Yeah. Yep. So you don't have to keep it clean, you know? It'd be a cheap God. mount. 
mean, pigeons well, still take not nothing. The, not, not the way I want to do it, though. Sure. I want it in a, in a vacuum-sealed glass case. The vacuum-sealed part was a joke. But a glass case with good structure, you know, like, yeah, I, I want to spend the money on, if, if I do it ever, I, yeah, I just want to do it big. That would be pretty <laughs> cool. I don't know. I'd have a hard time, like, going down to – Venezuela doing a hunt down there and not putting some of those birds on a wall, you know, a silver teal and Bahama pintail, just other crazy shit they have down there. You broke up a little bit. Just, you'd have a hard time going to Venezuela and doing what? And not bringing some birds back for the, for oh, the trophy I see. case. I see. You know, just because when are you ever okay. going to see those birds again? You know, like a silver teal or a Bahama pintail. You'll you see know, them again in the pictures like that. that you take, Dale. True, true, but it's a little bit different. Like, where you can see sure. feather detail, you know, that, yeah, that, that's, that brings up a point, like something different, like when people don't quite understand, non-hunters don't quite understand, like, I don't understand how you can kill that beautiful creature. It's like, yeah, but you as a non-hunter don't even actually know how beautiful these things are. Are you even aware that on a wood duck, there's these feathers called ribbons? They're like two or three very skinny, bright orange feathers on the, the back side of a wood duck of a mature drake wood duck not very many people know about that unless you're a wood duck hunter like you can you can ask a birder and they probably don't know you know like yes i i know which feathers you're talking about but i've never heard them referred to as ribbons that's a taxidermist told me that i didn't and i, 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 I like was that. aware of it i like yeah. that term a lot yeah because the one the one wood duck that i have mounted even as a hunter i didn't know wood ducks had those because i had never shot a drake that plumed out and so okay. when i saw that i was like what are these you know and he's like yeah that's kind of how you know you got a mature one i was like good lord like this thing is awesome i knew it right when i shot it like he's that, decked out man that's awesome that thing hit the that thing hit the water and it was facing me the like the light hit it and i'm like that's going on the wall <laughs> like yeah it was like before i even stepped foot in the marsh to go retrieve it i knew i knew i had a trophy like it was amazing pretty awesome but yeah, I'm, One not, of the I'm, guys, not, I'm not done putting ducks on the wall yet. Not by a long shot. Oh sure. I uh one of the guys uh hold on I think here. The first time first time what? Well, it was my first trip to Mexico. Oh, okay. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, okay. So my first trip to Mexico, um there was a, there was another group there. Um so the lodge I hunt with, they, they host groups of six. And the first time I went, I just invited one buddy because I was testing the waters. Like, you know, and if I come home with good reports, I'm bringing all my people and I'm going to go back every year. So the first time I went, I brought one buddy and just testing the waters. And the four other guys that were there, uh, one of the guys was, man, I'm trying to find the right words. He was a, a birding enthusiast, and he paid for his own trip, and he also paid for his trip. So his name, uh, his name is Jerry, starts with a B, and then he brought his, he brought his taxidermist, Troy Garner. He's like, hey, we're, we're going to Mexico to shoot birds, and that's where we're going to get the mounters. And Jerry and Troy, after every hunt, they would go through their bag, and picked the most beautiful of all the birds, and they got right into to caping them out. And, you know, Troy didn't pay nothing. He didn't pay nothing for this hunt. He got to wow. go on a free fucking Mexico duck hunt because awesome. Jerry Jerry has the sickness. Jerry wants to mount all the birds. <laughs> sure. You know, sure. and they had to, you know, for the for the fulvis and the black-bellied tree ducks, you got to get a CITES permit to bring them back across the border. Money was like not the thing. It was just let's let's take you know, and he mm -hmm. wanted Troy to be there to hand select. Right. Which of these birds are going Man, to be the best if, if your pockets, for mounting? If your pockets are deep enough, I, I have no problem with that because I've often said, for sure. like, you know, you give me the Powerball, and I'm probably going to take one year where that's what I do is fill up my trophy room and I just start checking off boxes of ducks that I want, you know. And so when we were when we were at the airport waiting to leave, I said, "Hey, what was your guy's final count?" And he's like, "36." I got 36 birds in my bag. I'm like, oh, my, wow. God. Oh my God. Yep, I got 36 in the bag right now that we're bringing across the border. And I'm like, 
Holy oh, shit. Dude, those are going to be some epic mounts because you know you're going to have, you know, flocks of flying was, birds uh, and stuff. Like, it's not just standing. You know what I mean? Like, those are going to be epic. They actually they actually went into my bag, and Troy, the taxidermist, he's like, Bill, can I keep this? Oh, I can't remember what it was. Either a cinnamon or a blue wing, Drake. He's like, can I have this? I'm like, absolutely. And then later on, like the next day, or one of the days we were there, I killed, uh, it was a cinnamon blue wing hybrid. Drake. Wow. And he's like, Phil, I said, you don't even have to ask. <laughs> he's like, I want this for my studio. You know, I'm like, dude, it's yours. That's you know, so I was cool. like, just, just send me a picture of it. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, they were they were they were just out of control. Those two, you know. Huh. Do you have a Not picture of that in, bird? I don't have a picture of that one. Uh, I'm trying to think. Dude, I know I, I could. I, I know I. I that. know I. Yeah, I know I could get the picture. Um, the evidence that it was a hybrid was very subtle, but to 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 Troy, it was like, oh my god, please let me have this, and he pointed out. So it was. Uh, it was. Mainly, it had mainly cinnamon teal characteristics, but it had a little white eyebrow. Really? Do you understand? Yeah. Okay, so so the, the blue wing teal, Drake, has that crescent moon mm -hmm. on its face. The blue wing teal, Drake, has the crescent moon on its face. And this cinnamon teal had the top of the crescent moon kind of above its eye, so it had like a white eyebrow. And to to Troy that was like please please let me have this I'm like dude it's yours you know yeah, I just pulled one up on the interwebs and yeah I can see what you're saying that's pretty cool okay so they do have some pictures of mm -hmm. what you know something similar something okay. similar yeah like with things with hybrids cool. they're never they're never the they're same they're never the same because they're obviously they're my sharing. first black duck my first black duck in the world killed in Minnesota was a black mallard they call it it's a oh, black duck sure. mallard hybrid yeah. and the black duck characteristics were predominant and it had some pretty um subtle well not so subtle because this it was a black duck 100 but it was 100 percent black duck but the drake mallard characteristics was it had a green eye patch much like uh drake widget okay so it had like the the drake the the green bandit mask if you will sure that's pretty cool and yeah that one got mounted and destroyed Unfortunately, uh, it's no good. Hybrids are a whole nother ball of wax, man. They're 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 pretty cool. But uh, well, let's wrap this one up, uh, Phil. I think we've been talking for a while. Uh, okay. I think we're kind of covered a few different subjects. We started off with poaching and ended with hybrids. It's <laughs> a good journey. Sure. It's <laughs> a good journey. But uh, all right, all right, everybody. Uh, whatever your passion, if you're out there chasing birds for the wall or for the freezer doesn't really matter whatever your passion pursue it full scale 